Hi, my name is Joel Murphy. I'm a senior associate in the commercial and projects team at Shoesmiths. Hello, my name is Paul Nightingale, and I'm also a senior associate in the commercial and projects team at Shoesmiths. Welcome to the ShoePod sessions. The purpose of these sessions is to help our listeners understand the key components of a commercial contract. Today's topic and our journey through a contract is assignment. That's right. So jumping straight in, what is an assignment? So assignment is a term used to refer to the transfer of an existing right or interest from one person to another. In the context of a commercial contract, this is often seen when a party to a contract transfers, say, a, a right that it has under a contract, such as a right to receive goods or to be paid to another party. Yeah, this is something that you might come across as part of the sale of a business or a restructuring of a group of businesses where the party receiving the benefit of the contract needs to change. Yeah, that's right. It's important to point out that an assignment does only allow the transfer of the benefit of a contract and not the burden. Yeah, and this means that a party to a contract could only transfer the benefit it received under the contract. So, for example, the right to payment or the right to receive goods. If a party to a contract wanted to transfer the burden of a contract, so an obligation it had to perform under the contract, such as delivering goods or providing services, this would instead have to be done through a novation. Yeah, that's right. And assignment and novation are often referred to interchangeably, but they are technically different and they can require the parties to undertake different practical steps to ensure that the assignment or novation in the case, whichever case it may be, is validly made. Unlike an assignment, innovation is, technically speaking, the extinguishing of the original contract and replacement with a new identical contract, where you're changing only the parties to the contract. So in practice, the actual effect of this is that the party which is novating the contract surrenders its rights and is released from its obligations under the original contract to be replaced by the third party that it's novating the contract to. And there are various rules around how assignment innovation can be completed, and it's important to be aware of these because they can inform how an assignment or innovation can take place, even where a contract does set out additional requirements for an assignment. For instance, there's a general principle that the parties to a contract are free to assign the contract, provided that they meet certain formalities, such as giving the other parties to the contract notice of the assignment and uh, the party assigning the contract doing so in writing. I suppose it is also worth mentioning there are certain types of contract which cannot be assigned at all as a matter of law or which can only be partially assigned. For example, contracts which are deemed personal, which might be um, a contract involving an artist or an athlete, where the identity of the individual is actually important to the contracts and the obligations under it, and therefore it wouldn't be appropriate for them to be able to assign it. When it comes to innovation, there are even stricter requirements. A party to a contract can't novate a contract unless all of the existing parties and the proposed new party consent to that innovation. Paul, why does it actually matter what the contract says about assignment innovation, given all the the sort of legal requirements? Good question. Um, Contracts usually include an assignment clause, which sets out whether assignment or innovation are permitted by either party, and any additional practicalities which must must be met in order to validly assign or innovate the contract. So this allows the parties to the contract to have a clear set of rules in place from the start of the contract to determine during the life of the contract the circumstances in which the contract can be assigned or innovated. Yeah, so this might, for example, be a requirement that each party consents in writing to a transfer, or it may be more limited, such as an obligation to to give notice before a transfer and assignment can take place. Um, An assignment clause may also set out a particular notice period for any proposed assignment or novation to ensure that the party not assigning the contract is given a suitable period of time to consider the, the proposal. 
Yeah, assignment clauses can also change significantly depending on the parties involved and their objectives. So, for example, if you've got competitors that you would not want a contract to be transferred to, or if the scope of the contract is of particular commercial sensitivity, you may want to include stricter limits on when the contract can be assigned or novated and the conditions under which this can be done. So these conditions could even include rights to undertake due diligence on any proposed assignee or set parameters in relation to the solvency or suitability of the party the contract is transferred to. Yeah, good point. And some businesses also like to include rights, allowing them to freely transfer contracts to other companies within their group. So this can be particularly useful where there's a complex group structure and you've got a lot of legal entities potentially involved in performance of a contract and more than one of them might might kind of at various stages take ownership of the contract. Um, if you're planning to sell part of your business, which includes a relevant contract, it can also be useful to consider whether an assignment clause can be drafted to make that easier if you're planning ahead. So we don't have time to cover these in detail, but we're going to quickly touch on some more complex points that may affect the negotiations around an assignment innovation clause. Um, for example, you may see unilateral assignment provisions. Joel, on that point, can you give a quick overview of where you might see these unilateral assignment provisions? Sure. So uh, a unilateral assignment right is especially common in the context of, say, a services contract, or at least there's something you'll see as a base position for some service providers when you're negotiating with them from the start. Um, service providers are often reluctant to give a customer the option of assigning or novating their contract to another entity, as this could increase the risk that the service provider might not receive payment if, for instance, it was transferred to an entity that didn't have sort of the same financial strength. Typically, service providers conduct credit checks on prospective customers and may not want to enter into commercial relationships with a third party that has not been subject to the same level of due diligence. In those situations, you may see a service provider inserting a unilateral assignment clause, which would still give the service provider the ability to assign, but which would restrict the ability of the customer to assign or novate. Yeah, these types of unilateral base clauses are especially common for large corporate entities that may want to keep the flexibility to reorganise their businesses. So, for example, as a result of an active mergers and acquisition strategy, uh, but which want to maintain strict control over who their customer is. Yeah, so if you're the customer in those negotiations, um, you could perhaps negotiate for a mutual assignment provision as the obligation to pay should not be affected by an assignment and should remain with the original entity, i.e. the entity who was subject to the service provider's original credit check. As a compromise position, the right to novate might be limited to situations where the new entity agrees to assume all assets and liabilities of the customer or something similar. In any case, as we mentioned above, a novation under English law will always need the consent of all parties, so there should offer the service provider reassurance that it wouldn't suddenly find itself seeking payment from an unknown third party. Yeah, that's right. And another typical restriction you'll see in an assignment clause is preventing a party from assigning to a competitor of the other party. Um, we touched on this above slightly, um, but this will need some careful thought around defi defining what exactly a competitor is. Uh, because if a competitor is defined too broadly, the parties could find themselves overly restricted on their right to assign. Yeah, that's a good point. And you'll also want to consider the existing privacy and security requirements between the parties uh, before an assignment and not or novation and ensure any issues around this are dealt with during the process of carrying out the assignment or novation. Sometimes parties might also request to do a partial assignment where only a portion of the rights are transferred to a third party while a portion remain with the original party. 
this might be tricky to carry out in practice, particularly around services that are difficult to divide. So, for example, cloud services provided through a particular single cloud instance. Whether or not a partial assignment is feasible will often depend on the types of goods or services being considered in the contract. Yeah, so just to recap, whilst the assignment clause might be tucked away in the standard terms, it can be a really important tool for ensuring you've got clarity on how and when you can transfer your contracts to other parties and when the other parties to those contracts can do the same. Yeah, so when negotiating an assignment clause, you should consider the circumstances in which the contract might be assigned or novated. And depending on your rights and obligations under the contract, what the operational impact of this might be. So we've come to the end of today's session. Hopefully you've found it informative. Of course, if you need any assistance in any aspect of law that we've touched on today, please don't hesitate to get in touch with either Paul or myself. and We'd be very happy to help. So from Joel and myself, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>